and, and greetings to everybody. Um, in keeping with uh, our tradition uh, in the NCOP, I will now bow to my right and bow to my left. Um, Honorable members who would have heard uh, that the former chairperson uh, of the Public Service Commission, uh, Professor Sam Wayne, has passed on. Um, uh, we will know that uh, uh, across the country, there are people who have since passed on uh, who have played a, a very important role uh, in our democracy uh, and in the building of uh, various other relevant uh, institutions. Um, so I request the delegates to observe a moment of, of silence uh, for prayer uh, or, or meditation. Honorable Chairperson, on a point of order, please. Yes. Honorable Chairperson, I think it's just fitting that if we are going to have a moment of silence for people that uh, passed on, that we recognize the fact that our colleague, Honorable Mukahuse's son has passed away this past week. Uh, she's also representing the Northern Cape. I would like to, uh, for us to also just uh, uh, give our condolences to her and also have a moment of silence for her son that passed away if possible. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. It yes, we did so yesterday. On, on Tuesday. It was done on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, but, but there's no harm uh, in raising the, the issue. Okay. Thank you. So let's then observe a moment of silence for prayer or meditation. Thank you very much. Um, just to remind delegates uh, that uh, uh, all the rules uh, uh, as well as the processes uh, for the virtual sitting uh, apply. Uh, uh, and I would also like to remind you of the, the following. Uh, that the virtual sitting constitutes the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, uh, that delegates in the virtual sitting enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that for purposes purpose of the fourth of the quorum, all delegates in the virtual platform shall be considered to be present in the House and that delegates must always switch on their, their videos, and that delegates should ensure that the microphones on their gadgets are muted and must always remain muted unless you have uh, uh, permission to, to speak. Uh, that the interpretation facility is active and that any delegate, delegate who wishes to speak must use the raise your hand uh, function. 
Uh, having done that, uh, just to indicate to honorable members uh, that there be no notice of motions or motion without uh, notices uh, for today, uh, which means then that uh, we should move on to the next uh, part of our business. But before I do that, uh, uh, before we, 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 we proceed with the policy debate, I would like to inform all members that Honorable Clute has resigned as permanent delegate representing the province of the Free State. Uh, and in his place, Honorable Petrus de Brain has since been sworn in to fulfill the vacancy occasion by the said resignation. Honorable de Brain, we wish to welcome you and hope that uh, your participation will contribute to the carrying out of the constitutional obligations of the National Council of, of Provinces. Let me also take this opportunity to wish uh, Honorable Clute well in all his uh, future endeavors. Uh, I'm informed that uh, he has uh, joined uh, the, pro the provincial legislature of the Free State. So, welcome, uh, Honorable Petrus de Bray. I would also take this, like to take this opportunity to welcome the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Honorable Aguede uh, Mantashe, uh, and having welcomed the Honorable uh, Minister, uh, Honorable Delegates, we shall now pro proceed to the order of the day policy debate on budget vote number 34, Mineral Resources and Energy Appropriations Bill, B4-2021, National Assembly-SEC-77. Um, uh, we will now call upon Honorable Gwede uh, Mantashe, Minister of Mineral Resources, and energy to open the debate. Honorable Minister? Yeah, yeah, well, Minister. Honorable Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Honorable Masondo. Uh, members of the NCOP present here today, physically and virtually, Director General of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, and the team of managers who are here today. Uh, Chairperson and CEOs of state-owned enterprises reporting to the GMRE. All people from the sector who are part of observing this uh, uh, budget vote. Ladies and gentlemen, let me take this opportunity to express my profound gratitude that we are here assembled here today to present the budget vote as allocated to the Department of Mineral Resources 
and Energy 2021-2022 fiscal year. We bring this budget vote here with full appreciation that both mining and energy have a direct impact on citizens located in provinces. It is our objective that all mining and energy projects must benefit South African through the lands and breadth uh, of the country. Over a century, mining has been the bedrock, uh, the bedrock of our economy. And we believe that this sector will continue to contribute immensely to the economy for years to come. The saying that if it is not grown, it is mined, uh, cannot be disputed. It is therefore not an exaggeration to say that the modern world would not be able to function without mined resources, but this needs to be supported by a state and uh, by a stable and reliable energy supply. This is our daily preoccupation as a department. I want today to start with the financials. Um, the business of the day is about the budget allocated to the department. Let me hasten to outline our budget allocation to this fiscal year. The main appropriation for the Department of Resources and Energy 2021-22 financial year is a total of 9.2 billion rand. Earmarked transferred to the public entities, uh, municipalities, and other employing institutions account for 7.5 billion rand or 81.6%, while the allocation of operational activities, inclusive of procurement of capital assets, account for 1.7 billion rand, that is 18.4%. A substantial portion of the transfers, uh, transfer payment, is allocated to implement, to implementing agencies as follows. 4.8 billion is to ESCOM and municipalities for implementation of the Integrated National Education Program, INEP. ESCOM will receive 2.8 billion, while 2 billion will be allocated to various municipalities. Uh, 232.3 million to various service providers for implementation of the Non-Credible Education Program. 220.9 million to municipalities for energy efficiency demand side management program. Our public entities are budgeted to receive a combined allocation of 2.1 billion, with NEXA allocated 952.5 million rand, inclusive of the two 3.6 million for the decommissioning and decontamination of strategic nuclear facilities and nuclear waste, and 20 million for preparatory work for new multi-purpose uh, reactor project. Mintech received 439.2 million, of which 120.2 million will be utilized for the rehabilitation of derelict and ownerless mines. Council for Geoscience received 377.1 million, mainly for operational activities. Petroleum Agency of South Africa, PASA, gets 136.3 million run for operations. Sanedi, 75.2 million for operational activities. 
South African Diamond and Precious Metal Regulator, 62.3.03 million run. Uh, National Radioactive Waste uh, Disposal Institute and National Nuclear Regulator received 49.2 million and 46.1 million, respectively, for operations. Comparative to the indicative allocation, 9.6 billion and confirmed during 2020 budget. The 2021 budget appropriation is 9.2 billion, which is 4.16% lower due to the mandation of budget reduction across government, particularly compensation of employees on compensation of employees. An allocation of 70 million uh, in the 2021-2022 is earmarked for development of the National Education Master Plan to assist with the implementation of electrification. I must emphasize that sometimes you get criticism that all the money goes to entities and therefore it's not in the department. It is very important to appreciate that this is a tight budget forcing us to do more with less. But it is also equally important to appreciate the fact that these entities are tools through which we execute. So the work of the, of the entities is not isolated from the work of the department. When the department is doing well, it means that those entities are doing well. So it is not allocated to transfers instead of the department. It is one thing, but allocated to various points of execution. Another person, with these budgets, we think that we'll be able to deliver our program as follows. In creating an enabling environment through investor-friendly legislation, uh, at the center of what we do is to create a friendly business environment so that we get and attract investment to the country. At the center of our mandate is the responsibility to create an enabling environment for investments in both the mining and energy sector. To this extent, we have finalized the amendment of the gas amendment bill, um, which was introduced to parliament on 30 April 2021. The bill aims to unlock investment into gas sector and facilitate the development of gas infrastructure. Parliament will be processing this bill and we hope it will be enacted into law to unlock the investment potential into the gas resources uh, sub-sector. It is a very important sector because South Africa has never been a major player in the gas and oil sector, but we were seeing ourselves growing into a major player in the gas and oil sector. Uh, amended, we have amended and gazetted uh, the blending requirements on biofuel to expand the definition to include second, third generation biofuel. We'll, we'll uh, finalize these uh, regulations at the end of the consultation period, two months from now. As part of the contribution to just transition and ensuring that we reduce the greenhouse gas emissions, we have also gazetted the, the clean fuel regulations 
with, with the aim, which aims to ensure a reduction of sulfur content in the standard gray diesel from 50 to 10 parts per, mi per million. Uh, that means 50 to 10 ppm. We will be finalizing and gazetting the final regulation by the end of the first quarter uh, of this financial year. Uh, remember, the first quarter of the financial year is not the same as the first quarter of the year. It's the first quarter of the financial year. Uh, as we seek to move towards um, the, the upstream program bill has been approved by cabinet and the process for introduction of parliament to parliament is underway. Next week, we'll be gazetting a notice of intention to table the bill in terms of joint rules of parliament, after which we'll table the bill in parliament. We look forward to the processing of the bill in parliament as it will unlock the potential of investment to our own and offshore petroleum resources. I'm sure we are aware by now that the work done by Total in uh, Southern Cape of and the Nequa Coast is actually advancing and we are going to be a player. And uh, so I, we know that there are 34 uh, canisters that are in the uh, in the laboratories to test the, the, the shale gas in the Karoo. We have taken 34 of those canisters to the, to the laboratories. The, the team is hard at work with the amendment of Mine Health and Safety Act, which seeks to address challenges relating to health and safety of the mine workers. We'll publish the bill for stakeholder comments in the third quarter of this financial year. The National Nuclear Regulator Amendment Bill has been approved by government and will be, it will be published for public comments. This bill will, will, will be tabled in Parliament in the current financial year following the closure of the comment period. Work is at the advanced stage with the drafting of the Radioactive Waste Management Fund Bill, which aims to enforce the polluter pays principle for all nuclear waste generators. We will be taking this bill to cabinet in the next quarter and publish it for stakeholder comments thereafter. The security of energy supply. The, as government and its social partners, uh, it works hard to revive and grow the economy. We are cognizant of the fact that the energy security is the nucleus of this growth. Two days ago, in the National Assembly, we gave a detailed breakdown of our efforts in this regard. Let me also share with the House details of the interventions we will be implementing in the, this fiscal year. Over and above the projects we implemented in 2020-2021 to create the much needed additional generation capacity. It's also important to appreciate the fact that uh, energy is like a light and butterflies fly towards it all the time. And, and that's why you always see stampede around uh, energy and everybody wants to have a pound of flesh and energy. 
We have a responsibility to protect the interests of the country. There's something called national interest that we must protect and not sacrifice national interest uh, at the altar of individual beneficiaries. We must have the individual beneficiaries coming with us in the process, but national interest must precede individual interest. Uh, between April 2021 and January 2022, the department will issue additional requests for proposals for 2,600 megawatts for renewable energy around August 2021. That will be bid window six. Bid window five is in the process and therefore we're making progress. And we have not added the 2,600 megawatts that will be in January, February next year. But all we're indicating is that we are hard at work will be issuing a 513 megawatts for storage around August 2021. 1,500 megawatts for coal and around December 2021. 3,000 megawatts from gas around December 2021. And 1,600 megawatts for new around January 2022. So we are clear about what we want to do. We are clear about where we want to be at what time. The most important thing is that every project in this department must have a clear project plan. Because if we don't have a project plan, we can't quantify progress. We'll not know which milestones have we achieved, which milestones are outstanding. So we're insisting on this one. And this is a, a process defined by Beck as a process of defining, preparing, and coordinating all subsidiary plans to integrate them into a comprehensive project management plan. We're insisting on this. Uh, it's not culture, and that is what we need to, 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 to ensure that we change the culture on, that we quantify the work we do. You know, uh, we had a, a big fight with the DG on the LNG in Kuka. We all say we want that LNG in Kuka. But we started asking difficult questions. What milestones have we covered? How far are you? How far must we go? And when we begin to ask those questions, we all collapse. We must concretize the plan and the milestones of that LNG project because we need that LNG complex in, the, in, in Kuka. Now, on nuclear, the department intends to issue a request for proposal for procurement of 2,500 megawatts by the end of the current financial year, subject to regulatory approvals. This follows a 25 submission received in response to request for information. It means that this issue that uh, there's no money who can, who, nobody can afford nuclear is actually assumed. But once you begin to test the market, you get a response that points to the different direction. And the Kubrick Nuclear Power Station Plan 20 extension project is underway. We appreciate that. Now, the mining application backlog. It is our endeavor that we accelerate the processing of mining application, which in turn will accelerate local development. The total national backlog uh, has been broken down. Actually, we have huge backlogs that we must overhaul. Good day. Okay. We have 235 mining rights backlogs, 
We have 2,485 prospecting rights. We have 1,644 mining permits. We have 238 sessions and 724 renewals. We intend on clearing the backlog and improving the turnaround term for application with the new system. However, we continue to do our work, albeit with difficulties. Uh, from April to now, we have actually issued 33 prospecting rights, four mining rights, and seven mining permits. Now, if you take that, that is work uh, that is unfolding, and we must work harder. Uh, that's why it becomes quite important for us to appreciate the importance of modernizing our system for application of mining rights. Uh, today, presentation represent highlights of the work of our department and not the totality thereof. More details of work are available in both strategic plan and annual performance plan. Since the event of the current government, the advent of the current government administration, we have been preoccupied among other things with measure between for energy and mineral into a department. And as we do that, we're beginning to merge entities in the department to make sense. One of the most complex ones which we're busy with is the merger of PetroSA, IGES, and SFF. Because if we merge them, we'll have a sustainable national petroleum company. And we are resisting all attempts that want us to lower the value of PetroSA so that it can be taken over by people who buy it for a song and make a fortune with it on the other side. Following the implementation of the startup structure during 2021, the DMRE is now in the process of reviewing the current structure. The work should be finalized in 12 months. In the meantime, we are now better poised to move with greater speed in discharging our mandate as a unified department. I want to make the point that very difficult to manage two departments because it tempers with positions of individuals. And human beings by nature will have resistance of that type. So we're working very hard on it. Uh, we're trying to ensure that nobody is hurt in the process. It's quite important. I'm confident that uh, we'll further we'll the aim of our national transformation agenda as enjoined by the Constitution, whose preamble speaks to healing of the, the divisions of the past. These divisions are evident in inequality across race, gender, and class. Um, thank you very much. My time is, is coming to an end. I want to thank the honorable members for your presence here. I want to thank everybody who supported our work, the industry, the sector. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Minister. Uh, our next speaker is the uh, Honorable Tissim Honorable Chairperson, good afternoon, Deputy Chairperson, Chief Weep, House Chairpersons, Renyambi, Mengwenya, Honorable Minister Mandash, and Special Delegates and Permanent. Good afternoon. Honorable Chairperson, this policy vote is, is occurring at a critical 
when the ANC-led government has announced its program for infrastructure and economy development through the economy reconstruction and plan. The Department of Mineral Resource and Energy has a leading role to play in conjunction with other departments to ensure that the we seem to be having a problem there. Uh, we'll ask Honorable Mudisa to speak a bit slower and speak to the mic um, and, and, and request that uh, the table should do whatever it can to assist and ensure that uh, uh, this problem is sorted out. Honorable Mudisa. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. Am I audible? Yes, audible. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chairperson. Honourable Chairperson and Honourable Minister, the buzzword doing the rounds today is the fourth industrial revolution, which unfortunately is widely abused by the ANC, when, it actually, when in actual fact they uh, have no clue what it means in practical terms. Minister, uh, for the fourth industrial revolution to ever, ever see the light of day in South Africa, your department better wake up and smell the coffee very quickly. This is because the future economy will run on two ma main but basic sources, which is electricity and data and communication networks. You need these two basic sources to be easily and widely accessible cost-effective, reliable, and most importantly, extremely stable. But uh, by all uh, indications, everything in the future will run on these two uh, sources, as this is the uh, lifeblood of a world built on artificial intelligence and robotics. On Monday evening, I was watching international uh, news when, uh, they, when they were dwelling on the topic of electric vehicles and the impact it will have on the value chain surrounding the automobile industry up to now. Then at that moment, I thought by myself, where on earth will South Africa get all the electric power to sustain all the millions of vehicles that will be uh, powered by electricity? We don't even have enough electricity supply to keep our lights on currently. Minister, if you or your department do not plan for this and immediately start uh, acting now, then I am afraid we are in big, big trouble as a country. And very soon the rest of the world will be speeding past us and it will look as if we are looking for parking. We will be back in the dark ages in comparison to the rest of the world, and we will be the founding member of a new category called a fourth world country. Minister, I'm sorry 
to uh, enlighten you uh, today. But the uh, ANC government is long past its expiry date and should just step aside to make space for a new, innovative, forward-thinking government under the DA. It is either that or the DA-led Western Cape will be the only refuge from a country in, in the dark ages and will shine like a bright star on a moonless night. The DA has already started the leap forward and are implementing strategies as we speak to prepare us for the future. The Western Cape already started to implement the um, uh, migration to go get off the crippling ESCOM monopoly grid and onto self-sustainable renewable alternatives. Stellenbosch will be the first municipality in the country to be 100% off the grid. That is, uh, that is what you call innovation and a forward-thinking government. The new generation are highly committed to environmentally responsible practices and strongly advocate for a green and sustainable economy. Instead of picking up on this trend and winds of change, the NC-led government just can't move beyond coal-generated electricity and even want to invest in nuclear energy while, while you don't even have the money for the basics. Did you not learn any lessons from the nuclear disaster in Japan when the tsunami hit its coastline? This incident clearly showed the risk and danger, dangers involved with nuclear power, because if anything goes wrong, you will have a cata catastrophe on your hands. The, rea the reality we face today is we are at risk of more and more extreme weather as well as other natural phenomena because of climate change, which makes going nuclear an even more dangerous option. But no, instead, you are telling us how cheap nuclear energy is. Well, Minister, in Afrikaans, we have a, good, we have a saying, goed koop koop is dier koop. And I am sorry, Minister, but I am not willing to gamble with the health and lives of our people. When asked about the potential risk posed by an aging Kuberg nuclear power station, which has reached the end of its 20-year uh, lifespan, you did a very good jiggy-jiggy, Minister. I ask again, Minister, can you give us assurance that Kuberg poses zero risk to the surrounding communities, if anything goes wrong there? And will you take personal responsibility? Because it seems, uh, it seems possible that not all is kosher at that plant. I also started wondering why this government is so hesitant to open up the market for small, medium and large independent power producers. In fact, any household should be able to generate enough electricity to not only sustain itself, but also can feed their sur surplus into the grid and generate an income. The question is why not? We are in the midst of an energy crisis and have to tolerate constant rolling blackouts, widely known as load shedding, uh, that causes us to fall further and further behind the rest of the world while losing out on millions of job opportunities. 
Why is this government refusing to open up the market to IPPs? Let me tell you why. Because this greedy, self-absorbed, crony-based ANC government can't stop licking their lips for all the money they can pocket for themselves and their elite circle. Well, that depends on which faction you actually belong to. You see, it works like this. If you make sure that something remains scarce, you actually manipulate the market value of it, similar to diamonds. If the entire world's diamonds were to be released onto the market at once, the value of diamonds would be extremely low because the supply would overwhelm the demand side. That is exactly what this government is doing with electricity. They are making sure it remains scarce so that they can coin as much as possible. This is also why they avoid increasing the supply at all costs, because electricity will become extremely cheap and easily accessible to all. Minister, open up the floodgates for the market now. We need electricity now so that we can leap forward into the future and become leaders in the modern world and the fourth industrial revolution. You have the power to open up the gates to mass job-creating opportunities. My question is, will, who will you place first? Your greedy ANC-connected comrades that can't keep their hands out of the cookie jar? Or will you place ordinary South Africans first who are struggling to make ends meet? Let's see who you place first with your actions, Minister, as talk is cheap. Or should I call on John to open the gates? John, vulgate. I can tell you the DA will choose the people and place them first. We will open the floodgates of opportunities and innovation because we believe in the potential of our country and its, and its beautiful people. We see a prosperous future where every individual lives a dignified life that he or she values and where every person can become the best version of himself or herself. The time has come for change, real change that matters. And the only government that will make this a reality is a DA-led government. The time for real change is now. Thank you, Che. Never. John Wooligate. Let's find out if uh, uh, Honorable Mudise is back. Honorable Mudise? Honorable Chairperson? Yes, please proceed. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, this policy vote is coming, is occurring in critical time when the ANC-led government has announced its program for infrastructure and economy development through economy re reconstruction and recovery plan. The Department of Mineral Resource and Energy has a leading role to play in conjunction with other departments to implement, to make sure that the implementation of economy reconstruction and recovery plan.
Uh, since uh, Ambrun, this is really having a problem there. Uh, Ambrun, this, uh, can you try again, please? In 2021, His Excellency President uh, Matamela Ramaphosa highlighted the importance of economy. Can uh, can I switch my video because it seems the network is bad? Please do, yeah. Anything that will help uh, would be of great assistance to us. Okay. In 2021, His Excellency President uh, Matamela Ramaphosa highlighted that the importance of economic recovery that takes place into account the impact of climate change and government commitment to the United Framework Convention on Climate Change and Paris Agreement to include the reduction of greenhouse gas emission. The climate change effort will be guided by the Presidential Coordinating Commission on Climate Change. We'll work on a plan for a just transition to lower carbon economy and climate resilient society. The financial, this financial year, the department committed implementing four carbon offset projects as part of greenhouse reduction on the country, on the country. Mining and energy traditionally play an important role in the development of the country's economy and make significant contribution to the GDP. However, the mining sector declined in terms of the contribution to GDP and is no longer the leading contributor. Our economic growth was negatively affected by the COVID-19 pandemic and negatively affected job in all the provinces of our country. The pandemic has taught us an important lesson. The lock, uh, global lockdown exposed the vulnerability of our country's resilience on foreign, foreign imports of essentially products. This has now opened up economy opportunity for our country to embark upon a path of infrastructure development, localization of industry, job creation, transformation, and development. This is the essence of the economy reconstruction and recovery plan. During the course of this year, the plan will be begin to implemented as announced by the state president in SONA of 2020 and 21, as well as joint sitting of the National Council of Provinces and National Assembly. The Department of Mineral Resource and Energy is a critical part of the economic renewable. The process made to date with ensuring new generation capacity is occurring and critical that South Africa is critical in that South Africa companies including SOE such as 
Central Energy Fund participate in the in this increased generation capacity through renewable energy. The province will certainly benefit from the, the new investment and new development of a green industry, which support the renewable energy industry. This will positively contribute to job creation security of supply electricity. It will also contribute a new industrialization in the country. The downscaling of mining during this period of the pandemic has had a negative economic impact on the provinces where such activities is a major economic activity. It was encouraging to, the, to see the manner in which the ANC-led government through the minister and his department of mineral resources dealt with the mining and energy sector during the earlier stage of COVID-19 pandemic was certainly commendable. The mining sector was gradually open to initially ensure that supply a coal to ESCOM for electricity generation and supply. Over a period of time, while with the assisting of the restriction, the mining sector was uh, restored. At the same time, the department ensured that the health and safety of workers on the mines was not compromised. As unlike others, they were saying economy first, but forgetting the lives of the, our people. However, mining activity has not fully restored. As part of the department current program, it's commendable that has developed a plan of, for approval by cabinet to attract a new mining investment in our country to, through the efficient approval of license, licensing, ensuring that the regulation, regulation facility, the, the easier of doing business in, in the country. Through this, the, this plan, the department is seeking to attract at least 3% of global investment into the domestic mining sector. This will certainly benefit local economy activities and show job creation in various provinces where mining activities are okay, such as Northwest. It is imperative uh, that the beneficiaries okay around establishment mining activity and new mining activity as part of the industrialization plan of our country, which the department will play an integral role. The department in conjunction with other departments has a leading role to play and will rise to the challenge, even though it is functioning under difficult condition. Part of the industrial strategy across the mining sector is that localization and local procurement of service, including engineering service and goods, which are important to ensure uh, to the success of the profitable 
of the mining activity. Therefore, the department needs to integrate localization into industrial plan as this will strengthen local and provincial economy. The contribution of mining and national and the provincial economy must increase and should not remain as the underperforming industry. There is now increased demand globally from our trading partners for minerals. However, this position reviving the mining sector is incomplete without mentioning the role of the minister in particular and the department in ensuring that Council of Geoscience survey the country's mineral resources as this will be a key determined to attract further investors into the sector. Our economy renewal is not possible without real, reliable electricity supply. The expansion of the generation sector is commended. As the department has concluded is the bid window as the announced by the president in SONA 2020 and will soon be open further debate. This occurring simultaneously with ESCOM ensuring that Midupi and Kusile power station are able to increase the generation capacity. Midupi power station is expected to be operational by the end of this year and is said to be one of the largest dry cool power station in the whole world, not in the uh, uh, country, but the world. The department will achieve more or less financial resources and therefore needs to ensure that there is a equality of spend. This equality of spend is critically for program of social delivery. It is for the provincial and local government point of view that a solar water heater project is implemented on a large scale than previously. This project is led by the ANC-led government intended working for the working class and the poor and the poorest of the poor household in a different communities as part of the social delivery to improve the life of the, the quality life of our low income household. It is equally important that the department ensure that electrification household okay, and while there are budget cuts in this area, the maximum number of homes require electricity connection. No person or family which wishes to live in a dignified life can function without efficient service delivery. Between the debate of last year and this year, it is clear deliverable targets were achieved. And the committee certainly has oversight work cut out of for, out of for it. We understand that there is no quick fix solution in capital intensive industry which have long leading times for development. Therefore, timing 
is of essence of the National Council of Provinces is concerned, like executive, the well-being of the people. As our goal is that of addressing the historical injustice of the past and ensuring the transformation of the apartheid. In simple English, we are trying to create a better life for all, not for, in, for some. The department is able to perform under the difficult circumstances and the program and performance targets of the department is staring in the mining energy sector in the direction of economy, reconstruction and recovery. Maintaining this course and implementing important program in the manner that people of our country are able to feel positive impact that being felt by us who engage in our oversight. As the ANC, we support this policy uh, vote. Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, in my conclusion, I'll say the ANC did not make a mistake to deploy Dr. Samson in this department as he spent his, uh, the rest of his life in this sector. He knows this sector practically and theoretically. So continuing the demandashi to build the better life for our people and continue to visit, do the unannounced visits to our mining sector as you reduce. We have seen the changes that we have reduced the fatality in the mine sector. It was unlike before, during those apartheid, when our fathers went to the mine, we, we were praying that they must come back because the mine by that time, it was not safe during the apartheid era. Honorable Chairperson, thank you very much. Uh, there we are. Uh, Honorable Mudise uh, spoken and has urged Samson uh, to do even more uh, than the work that has been done uh, today. <laughs> so, thank you very much. We move on to Honorable Ndongeni. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister, permanent delegates, special delegates from all provinces and guests, Moluin. This policy voted debate on mineral resources and energy is critical as it is occurring in the context of the country attempting to defeat the COVID-19 pandemic and engage in economic construction and recovery. This is not an easy task, but one which presents both challenges and opportunities. On the one hand, the preservation of human life is sacrosanct given the ravage of the COVID-19 pandemic. And on the another hand, ensuring that people have a decent living and employment requires ingenuity. 
with the implementation of plans and programs. The Department of Mineral Resources and NHS acquired this rescue when it is the midst of disaster management regulation. It enables the mining industry to start production and at the same ensure that mine health and safety protocols were followed to ensure the protection of workers. Chair on electricity, no modern economy can efficient function without a reliable supply of electricity. And no people can function in a technology-driven economy without electricity. While ESCOM was affected through state capture and corruption under this administration, much progress has been made in the entity in terms of cooperating governance and improving operational viability through maintenance of the power plant. A number of power plants are reeling their end of life cycle and economy has, and ESCOM, I'm sorry, and ESCOM has issued an RFP to refit these power plants on more green technology. This is encouraging as part of a just transition that ESCOM has remained committed to the community around these power plants, which has operated too many years. Local communities have over many years benefited through direct employees and the power plant through indirect employment as part of the service sector to the electricity industry. Whilst ensuring new generation capacity through IPP projects, it is important that those, these projects are not concentrated in one province and that there are local economic spin-off to other provinces. IPPs do not have economic of scale as conventional power plants and therefore it is important that electricity costs are not driven up. The electricity traffic from IPP need to be regulated by NASA and must be cost competitive while at the same time rewarding investors a reasonable return. Electricity is an important input cost in the economy in order to ensure local development beneficiary and industrialization in the necessary for efficient supply at the cheapest possible price. This is ensure that the economy remains competitive and that structure inflation is reduced. Gas and energy, gas and new energy sources, Chairperson. The discoveries of gas on the eastern coast of South Africa and in Mozambique have correctly been described by the President and Minister of Mineral Resources as a game changer. The gas supply into the domestic market has the potential for recreating new industries and can be supplied to other sectors of the economy. It is a clean source of energy. Infrastructure for supply and storage of a gas is required in the different provinces for, for it to reach the market and generate further economic 
activity. It is correct the department has referred the gas act for amendment and the act will need to ensure that the gas infrastructure that will be developed is a regulator as it is equally important the price of gas in regulation by NASA and it needs to reach the end user and the cheapest possible price. Here we are also referring to the LNG terminal which is being planned at Kuha. Regulation entities, the Department of Mineral and Energy has a number of regulatory entities which report to it. It is important that these entities in the mining of energy must ensure efficient in implementing implementation of licensing and regulations to ease the regulatory burden on investors and make business process efficient and cost effective. These entities will play a positive role in enhancing economic renewal and growth and in the country. The department is regulatory entities under the department need to improve services delivery. You are the interface of government with the public and therefore only the higher standards are acceptable. Small scale mining. Small scale mining is an important area which can empower local community based companies to, to economically participating in the mining sector. This is an important part of transformation of the industry. It is encouraging that the department is through, is through the Council for Geoscience empowering small scale mining activity in local communities where mining is possible to even engage in prospering and surveying the mineral source base. It is equally encouraging that artisanal mining is being encouraged which will serve to empower people in local communities where mining occurring. The department has drafted a policy for artisanal and small scale mining, which provides a regulatory framework, which is relevant for the sector. This is fundamental part of the process of economic transformation and empowering entrepreneurs. Hopefully, this exercise will include women and youth. Extreme potential and gas exploration. Extreme petroleum and gas exploration is critical for the country. Importation of crude oil and petroleum products places pressure on the country balance of payments in dollar terms. Therefore, domestic exploration and discoveries of oil and gas reduce this pressure. Moreover, it creates industrialization and job jobs both through direct manufacturers and through the service industries. However, domestic manufacturers of liquid fuels in profitable and create security of supplier for South Africa, given the fact the, that the country in geographical for away 
from the majority product market. Guidance must seek local industrialization. Oh, sorry, Chen. Industrialization, tertiary industry. Therefore, it is important that the department through CEF pursue the Richard Day in the project, which investors who see encouraging value in developing well, well scaled refined, which will be competitive. The restructuring of Pro, Petro SA is critically as it is important that there is a national oil company which does not remain marginal to the oil industry. Petro SA plays a critical role in the economic life of Mosel Bay and in surrounding through its refinery. It must be, be developed and in and integrated company to enable scrutiny of supply and reduce and reduce the Okay. Local production creates local industrialization. The same applies to local manufacture of liquid fuels from coal and the petrol SA. Refining needs to be restored to operational capability as the GTL plant was able to produce low sulfur diesel which is in line with the current clean fuel specification. The current restructuring process requires to be implemented and the company needs to be restored to operational and financial viability as an ongoing concern. The global lockdown exposed the country vulnerable to importing very basic items. Liquid fuels are critical to the functioning of the economy and, and dependence on more than 30% of the country demand does not create security of the supply. In my conclusion, Chair, it is imperative that the department and all its entities implement their annual performance plans and implement their programs. And this needs to be okay in the most cost-efficient manner with the higher degree of efficient skills and capability. The department has made positive and steady progress and the needs to be consider consolidated and go to the next level of the implementation. The ANC supported this policy debate. Thank you, Chair. Well, thank you very much, Honorable uh, Dongeni. We'll now move on to Honorable N. Makubela. Honorable Makubela. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Am I audible enough? Yeah, audible enough. Loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, chairperson of the NCOP, members of the NCOP, 
the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy. Good afternoon. Chairperson, the Freedom Charter that was adopted by Mzansi people in 1955 said the people shall share in the country's wealth and it referred to the mineral wealth beneath the soil and said that it must be restored to the ownership of the The budget vote that has been presented by the Honorable Minister in this House signals our government's unambiguous intentions to fulfill the noble call of the Freedom Charter. We firstly want to appreciate the resolve of the minister and his team in leading a very critical department in a difficult time of COVID-19 pandemic when our economy has been severely affected. Indeed, indeed, Honorable Chair, the economic performance of our country can largely be traced to sectors that are under the Department of Minerals and Energy. With the advent of COVID-19, it was bound to happen that mining would hit a slump, which the minister described as the biggest slump in the past six years due to disruptions of hard lockdown, which our government implemented to save lives, Chairperson. Challenges in the energy sector have also contributed to the negative contribution of the sector in our economy. steady supply of energy is critical to our economic reconstruction and recovery efforts. The announcement made by the minister of eight independent power producers who will supply electricity to ESCOM grid was a signal that the implementation of the integrated energy resource plan is fully underway. I hope Honorable Chairperson, uh, the Honorable CF uh, Bayer Smith from the DA is listening because I'm going to talk to the IPPS Two IPPS that were successful, the car powership Kucha, which is a 450 megawatts, and the Mulilo Total Kucha LNG project, which is 200 megawatts, are in our province of the Eastern Cape. This 650 megawatts of power will add to the already operational 350 megawatts, the Disa Peking Power Plant which has been operational at Kucha since 2013, maybe he doesn't know. By the completion of these projects, the Kucha uh, Special Economic Zone will have around 1,000 megawatts of implemented, implemented power by 2022 to 2023. As Eastern Cape Province, we have done considerable work on the gas to power program to host additional gas driven power generation of between 1,000 to 3,000 megawatts. We will host the first infrastructure site 
for the importation of liquefied natural gas. The Kuha Development Corporation has signed a joint development agreement with Central Energy Fund and Trustnet, who will anchor this project. The construction of this infrastructure will catalyze the development of a gas industry in the Eastern Cape and energy intensive investments. We envisage a network of pipelines from the existing Dedisa power plant to other major industrial areas and new gas to power plants that will build when the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy invites bidders for the construction of new gas to power plants. We are also looking at other domestic gas opportunities beyond the LNG in particular we are aware of the discovery of natural gas and condensate through the Brunpata and Luped wells by the Total Lead Consortium that holds license for a site that is located near Mosek Bay. We are positioning Kuha as the natural location for the critical offtake project that will be needed to unlock the development of the offshore projects and thus use the domestic gas for power generation and gas-based industrialization. This is the critical next phase of the work to develop the gas hub at Kuha. Honorable Minister, we are to assist you to provide solutions to the energy challenges of the country, rather than Indobasibesi Sikala. We receive with excitement the positive developments you announced on shale gas fines in the Karu. Indeed, that is an addition to other natural resources we are endowed with, which we must use to grow our economy and develop our country. The people who often oppose exploration of natural resources in our own land do not suffer the indignity of poverty, unemployment and inequalities that the masses of our people are exposed to on a daily basis. They speak from a position of privileged lifestyles. Despite the challenges at ESCOM, we appreciate the commitment of the department to connect 180,000 additional households in this financial year. The communities of our province will benefit from these new planned connections as 19,400 connections are planned at a cost of 653 million. Do I still have time? Okay. We also, we also welcome the announcement for the development of an exploration strategy. It is a necessary measure to keep us on par with the rest of the world. Chairperson, there are several legislative pieces and bills that the department has development for the minerals and energy sectors. As this legislative arm of the state, we have an obligation to attend to those with agency to advance the economic transformation in our, in our country. Unfortunately, all government departments have had to contend with budget cuts. Therefore, the department must be prudent with the reduced resources at its disposal. With those few words, Honorable Chairperson, we support the budget vote 
for the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy as presented by the Minister to the House. I thank you. Thank you, thank you very much, Honorable uh, Kubela. Uh, uh, the next speaker is, is Honorable A. Arnolds. Uh, but as Arnolds uh, prepares himself to speak, I now hand over to Honorable Lucas. Uh, Honorable Lucas. You, you can continue, Honorable Arnolds. And Lucas, uh, thank, okay. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, the economic freedom fighters reject the 2.9 billion budget vote of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. Energy is central to the development and growth of a country. Without energy, an economy cannot create goods, services, and the people cannot move. Meaning that the stable supply of electricity needed for industrialization cannot be guaranteed. The world economy is in many ways are driven by energy, but in this country, our energy situation continues to get worse. South Africa's electricity supply has been characterized by load shedding and high electricity hikes. The ANC has done it again by putting South Africans into the dark. The approach of this government to energy is failing the people of South Africa and the economy of this country is suffering because of it. As the economic freedom fighters, we want to make it clear that ESCOM should be under the Department of Energy. Our energy supply will not be stabilized in the crisis and our energy supply will not be stabilized and the crisis at ESCOM will only continue to get worse. White monopoly capital wants ESCOM to be broken up and sold off so that they can privatize our country's energy supply. We cannot allow white monopoly capital to get its hands on our energy supply. Once this happens, they will use their control of supply to stop providing free electricity to the poor and to our people. What will further happen is that they will increase prices and will dictate the pace of economic development. The independent power producers deal are being used as an entry point for this purposes. Now, when you look at who owns the shares and who are the debt providers for the IPP program, you see Old Mutual, EPSA, Investec, Standard Bank, and Uperian and American investors. Chairperson, currently, the majority of oil refineries in South Africa are owned by big oil companies. These companies are exploiting our workers and are only driven by profit. Central to the department's plans for localized uh, beneficiation and processing of raw materials should be transform, transformation of the mining and energy sector in ensuring that ownership and activity in both sectors are reflecting, reflective of the country's uh, demographics. 
the Department of Mineral and Energy um, has shown no initiative in ensuring mining companies adhere to environmental laws. Instead, they have taken up upon themselves to spend billions of taxpayers' money on rehabilitation initiatives, a cost that should be direct uh, should be directly incurred by these companies. Minister, your department has shown over time again its inability or unwillingness to stick to timelines to carry out its core functions and to get the basics right. Now, we are a party of superior logic and we therefore have the solution. So we hope that the minister is listening. The state must own the natural resources of the country. Energy supply must be stabilized with different energy sources, including safe coal, nuclear energy, and renewable sources. ESCOM must build a nuclear power station. This nuclear power station must be built under a state-operated transfer model in order to finance the project. Now you will ask where the money will come from with all the corruption and all the stole, stolen money from, from the state. Those monies can be recovered. But at the end goal, end goal of it, uh, the complete transfer must be to the state. Cancel all contracts with coal suppliers with immediate effect and cancel all mining rights issued to, com to companies mining coal mines that belongs to ESCOM. A state-owned mining company must take over the operations of all coal mines owned by ESCOM, prioritize the supply of quality coal to ESCOM. As the EFF, we reiterate our support for investment in all projects that involved infrastructure development. The exploitation of mine workers and unsafe working conditions need urgent attention. We all know that the ANC will continue to loot state resources for the benefit of political connected individuals. As the EFF, we cannot support this budget vote. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Arnold. Honorable members, Honorable Nguesi have withdrawn from the debate, and we will now then call on Honorable SF to join to continue with the debate. Thank you, Agbara Voorzitter. As you well know, the mandate of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy is to ensure the transparent and efficient regulation of South Africa's mineral resources and the minerals industry, and the secure and sustainable provision of industry energy in support of the socio-economic development. This includes renewable energy. South Africa first introduced renewable energy independent power producers procurement in 2011. The program includes an initiative to install 17.8 gigawatts of renewable energy in South Africa before the year 2030. And according to Green Tech Media, South Africa must meet the integrated resource target plan of 1.6 gigawatts of new wind and one gigawatt of solar by 2022. Minister, 
you made it clear during the NCOP question session that ESCOM generates energy, but isn't your responsibility, since it, since it falls under the Department of Public Enterprises and Minister Praveen Gordon. My concern, Chair, are the whispers in the dark regarding the regulation of energy and energy supply in the country. It is no secret that the use and incorporation of renewable energy were placed on the back burner for far too long. Why didn't Minister, uh, Mr. Zuma make this announcement during his reign? He basically introduced South Africa to load shedding. President Ramaphosa framed his intention to embrace renewables as part of the bigger plan to grow the economy and attract investment. It's an extension of what he promised in the February 2020 State of the Nation address. Why did President Ramaphosa take so long to allow the incorporation of renewable energy into the grid? Might it be because it is said that the politically connected players in the coal industry could have suffered potential loss of income uh, in, if the use of renewable energy was allowed earlier? Jay, I submitted a written quotation, uh, a question to President Ramaphosa, whether he or any members of the executive, members of parliament, any members of leadership of his political organization own any shares in any South African renewable energy project, company, or infrastructure investment companies. And in his answer, I was referred to the executive ethics code and no information was provided. Staatskaping het plaasgevind en is moendlik steeds aan die gang. Iets waarvan die wel bewis is en een onrecht waarmee Zuid-Afrika dagelijks spook. Dear u, voorzitter, is daar enigszins een moendlikheid, minister, dat die vertraging van die proces om incorporering van hernieuwbare energie door die stelsel toe te laat, moendlike strategie was om politisch verbinde individue, selfs politici, die geleentheid te gee om in te koop in die hernieuwbare energie ten einde een volhoudbare passieve inkomsten te verseker. Verder, met die dat hernieuwbare energie gereguleer word, die dat daar beperking is op die hoeveelheid energie, wat per opwekkingseenheid in die stelsel toegelaat word, minister, en al dis nie die volledige kapasiteit energie mag lever nie, hoekom word die kapasiteit van levering nie optimaal verbruik nie? Dit kan toch een rol speel met die verkryging van krachtskepe, waar daar ook corruptie gefluister word te verminder, of selfs te beperk? Ek vraag die vraag, minister, die waarheid sal seefeer, ons wil graag hoor wat u te sê het. Dankie, voorzitter. Baie dankie, achtbare de toe. Uh, we are continuing with the debate. Honorable B. Baloy of Salga, councillor, it's your turn. Wait, wait. Please unmute, uh, councillor. Please unmute. Oh, sorry, sorry, Chair. My apologies. <clears throat> Honourable Chairperson, the Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Honourable Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, NCOP House Chairperson, <clears throat> Chief of the NCOP, Honourable Members of the NCOP, <clears throat> and Special Delegates, good afternoon. Honourable Chairperson, the role of municipalities in the, in the energy space has become more prominent and is fast becoming accelerated given the rapid technological innovation. 
Local government is the key actor in energy space and an integral part of the energy planning process and integrated resource plans, the national electrification program, as well as the small and medium scale embedded generation and distributed generation uh, space. The electricity distribution industry has been experiencing the delinking of economic growth and electronic demand growth. Sales of the electricity in the metropolitan municipalities have shown a declined <clears throat> downward trend over the last years and have in some cases dropped significantly. Today, the sales of electricity is below the 2007 levels for all the metropolitan municipalities. Peak consumption levels are, however, not following the same trend, driven by household electrical consumption, particularly in the evening. These intertwined dynamics have radical implications for local municipalities who are compelled to redefine their role in the electricity value chain and adapt their funding and operating models. Municipalities have to adopt to the national and global change while undergoing the worst period where revenue protection and management have been most challenging and critical skills have also been lost to the private sector. I would like to commend the minister and his department on several progressive policies which have already been taken and responding to the, countries, uh, the current country's energy challenges while also adapting to the global energy transition, which is already affecting our country. The municipalities are at a crossroads for all of these challenges. And the 2019 National Integrated Resource Plan has made some attempts to enable the environment in municipalities. The recent policy changes include allowing municipalities to take charge of the supplier side, enabling them to procure power from other role players, such as the independent power producers. This is commendable. At this point, allow us to focus on the key aspects of the budget vote for local government perspective. The discoveries of gas in the South African coast of, in the southern coast of South Africa, as well as the Karoo, are exciting and positive news. We do hope that these developments will yield positive energy, I mean, positive results to our energy agenda including the price of gas locally. South Africa with the proliferation of renewable energy is also in desperate need of flexible generation, which can be provided by gas-fired power stations for, for, for more efficient system operations in the, on the supply side. In pursuit of the energy mix as espoused in the country's energy blueprint, the integrated resource plan is noted. South Africa and the rest of the world are increasingly under pressure to, to mitigate climate change and we've been largely dependent on fossil fuels. It is acknowledged as a country like ours cannot immediately eliminate fossil fuel generated energy such as coal and petroleum with our reality that is <clears throat> that we have vast petroleum resources that we can continue to exploit. These minerals do not benefit the country's economy and, and energy do not only benefit the country's uh, economic, economy, uh, economy and energy industry, but also the citizens through the employment and their livelihood. We support an energy transition approach that is carefully considered, but also just. The commitments made by the Department for Interventions to deal with the electricity supply uh, shortages to rapidly increase energy generation capacity outside of ESCOM is also commendable and supported. The department has opened up a policy to enable municipalities to also procure energy from other role players outside of ESCOM has for various reasons left to the implementation purely in the hands of, <clears throat> in the hands of municipalities. In terms of, procurement, in terms of the procurement programs at this level, 
It is understandable that the department is looking at this from a view of municipalities being autonomous entities. But Minister, we still need your department to work with local government to ensure success in this new concept. There are still a lot of uncertainties on the tools of success on IPP procurement at local government level. We need the procure, we need the department's support and commitment to unlock some of these challenges that we face. It is also exciting that the development of industry to the effect has been made. We have to explore gas energy to gas gas to energy initiatives as a matter of agency and learn from continents such as Europe on how the availability of gas has been taken advantage of. The allocation of the Integrated National Electrification Program, also known as the INEP grant to ESCOM, is 2.8 billion runs, and one for municipalities is only 2 billion runs. As as much as the allocations are welcome, including the fact that the the INEP grant is a very successful government program, the ESCOM allocation is far much bigger than the allocation to municipalities and not reflective of the functional responsibilities of local governments. While through the constitution, the municipalities have an executive authority on the matters of electricity, reticulation and distribution. It is our understanding that ESCOM is providing this electrification service on behalf of municipalities, which is the sphere that is discharged with the developmental agenda. The department must not ignore the challenges that arise between municipalities and ESCOM around clarity on asset ownership for the INED infrastructure. Chairperson, we also acknowledge that the the underspending on this policy program by municipalities. It is for this reason that Salva intends to work with MISA and the National Treasury to assist municipalities to implement the MFMA Circular 106 to ensure that we fast-track procurement and the project management uh, of these uh, outstanding projects. With the INEP project so successful in the urban areas where we've connected over 2.6 million more people in the last financial year and overall performance sitting at over 90% connections, there is a, there, where there is great availability, there are, no challenge, there are no major challenges. Most problems have arisen in the rural areas where the grid or electricity networks are not in close proximity. The department should consider relooking at the non-grid electrification program which has been allocated 232 million rands and, and increased its budget. The intention of this program must also be to provide the energy package that would be the same as that of a person who's been connected from the grid. It must be sufficient alternative energy package. With regards to the energy efficiency demand side management grant, we have received concerns from municipalities that the allocations within this grant are taking place within the same municipal for the same municipalities over the years. We understand that the allocations are based on the allocations and proposals from municipalities. How the undertaking. The energy efficiency demand side management grant should also be reviewed to address the broader public lighting underfunding as well as policy clarity is currently a challenge. Chairperson, in conclusion, distribution industry, the department should consider reviewing the grant framework to ring fence the unspent portion of the grant to address these challenges, the two these industry challenges such as the infrastructure backlog and historical debt and etc. As Salga is also working with the National uh, Treasury and other sector departments on the review of the conditional grants framework for municipalities, 
through the budget Lekhotla framework for infrastructure, which will be held in June 2021. Salga implores all relevant stakeholders, uh, sector departments, and other organs of state to actively participate in municipal IDP processes to ensure alignment in planning and implementation. Lastly, Honorable Chairperson, Salga would, would like to call for the department and the ministers to, to set up a MINMEC and associated technical structures similar as to what is taking place in other sector departments to ensure the proper intergovernmental collaboration with, uh, with regards to the policy and the legislative reforms and the support role which has to be played by the Department of Energy as per the Constitution. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Baloy. We will now call on Honorable Ryder to continue with the debate. Honorable Ryder. Thank you, Aste. Uh, Deputy Chairperson. Deputy Chair, on the 26th of February 2018, during a cabinet reshuffle by President Cyril Ramaphosa, Mr. Gwede Mantashe was made the Minister of Mineral Resources. In 2019, following the general election, the Department of Energy Resources was added to the portfolio, and Mr. Mantashe became the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy. Now, with a history in mining since 1975, Mr. Montasha has experience in gold, copper, and coal mining. So it's presumed that he has some pretty firm ideas as to how his department should work. When a new leader takes over a business, the market looks to see what strategic changes will be made, and the moves by a new CEO invariably influence share price. So... When looking at the current budget, I had hoped to see Minister Montashe taking big strides to stamp his vision on the department, to define his vision by giving the department a new focus. Dololo, the direction of the department, as defined in the vote purpose, the mandate, and the departmental programs that are spelled out in the budget, has been slightly modified between 2019 and now but only in as far as it needed to be adapted to the conjoining of the two departments. It seems that the fierce personal traits of the minister are reserved for other interests, as the focus of the department and its programs are more reflective of a kitten than a tiger. It's a matter of extreme concern that the clean energy program of 2019 was removed for the 2020 budget, and it remains unemphasized in 2021. We all know that a government department only works on projects that are both funded and measured. Removing this program from the department's key performance area is a desperately poor decision and one which I implore the minister to reconsider. This is, there is a profound provincial and local government impact of this decision with air pollution and particularly the resultant effects of air pollution falling on the other spheres of government. The financial burden for the health and environmental fallout, as well as the financial burden for cleaning and maintenance, fall to the spheres of government, which our house is mandated to represent. What we have seen as well is the removal of the planning component of the project of energy resources. This is particularly worrisome as the population expansion continues to follow its growth trajectories as urbanization causes towns and cities to grow at, at alarming rates and as industry is needed to grow 
to support the population growth. It's not new to note that growth requires infrastructural capacity and infrastructural capacity leads to growth. Again, it is often a burden that ends up being placed on local governments, not only in terms of dealing with constraints in providing services and in revenue foregone when there's a lack of power, but also in terms of limiting expansion and infrastructural growth that is so desperately needed to act as a catalyst for economic recovery and growth. With the president calling for an infrastructure-led economic recovery, one must look to see if the country has the means to support that infrastructure growth. And yay, once again, the country was subjected to load shedding this week, a direct consequence of poor planning and a reluctance to embrace alternative clean energy sources. And so the independent power producers sit waiting for the long promised go ahead. And yet, as was mentioned, we are looking to electricity ships to solve our problems. It's an interesting alternative, certainly, and no doubt a viable short-term solution. But to sign a 20-year supply contract instead of strengthening, strengthening our own sovereign capacity or even using what is already available from private suppliers within our borders, there must be a sweetener to this deal. Can anyone else see it? Or is the sweetener a more private affair meant only for the inner circle? The controversy is brewing, Minister. There's just too much around this particular deal that stinks. So now, at a time of increased need, as we look to build our recovery on infrastructure and industrial growth, the energy that we need has not been planned for. And noting the programs of the department, as given voice to in the budget, is unlikely to be planned for. Budget cuts will hit hard as well, since the scarce resources that Treasury gathers are being spent to fill the holes of our state-owned enterprises. And who's the chief culprit there? None other than ESCOM, an entity that rightfully belongs in the Energy Department in a very different form from what it currently takes. And now we're seeing a 15.8% increase in electricity tariffs that has been shoved on consumers to fund the theft of the past. Bring ESCOM back where it belongs split it up into the three components that the Democratic Alliance has been calling for and that President Ramaphosa finally accepted and agreed to. As we turn to look at the minerals and mining component of the budget, one can only be alarmed at the narrow approach that the department has taken. Not a word on beneficiation, not a word on protecting the country's assets. In an answer to the House, this House, last week, the minister refused to take any stance on the Zamazama miners, referring to their activities as nothing but criminal and passing the buck to the South African police services. Seemingly, he forgets that it is the mineral wealth that his department is tasked with protecting that is being stolen on a scale that makes one gasp. Never mind the Zamazama miners taking gold in Gauteng, the Northern Cape is overwhelmed with illegal diamond miners. Consider the costs of law enforcement that provinces and municipalities must absorb to manage this issue that your department minister is mandated to deal with, protection of our mineral resources. A 2017 report by the Minerals Council of South Africa estimates that the annual commercial value of illegal mining and illicit dealings in precious minerals and diamonds is about 
7 billion rand per annum. That's a lot of tax revenue for gone. A lot of value lost to the fiscus. And don't fool yourself by thinking that this is just a case of desperate people eking out a survivalist life. The Minerals Council have evidence to confirm that illegal mining is a complex five-tier syndicate system, sucking our country dry for narrow interests. Take responsibility, Minister. Don't deflect to SAPs. They don't have the skills or the capacity to do it all alone. Meet with SAPs and get something started. Take a decision. Do your job. And now the illegal mining of sand has become a big concern in many places. Notably, Gauteng, Limpopo, and KwaZulu-Natal. As opportunists swoop on open places, particularly riverbanks, wetlands, and, and beaches, for exploitation of this important resource for their own commercial gain. Look at the latest work by Gauteng Department of Agriculture and Rural Development on erosion and the protection of the environment to see the burden that you are placing on provinces and municipalities to deal with your department's inability to react to changing trends and definitions. Unfunded mandates are being pushed into these spheres of government, and yes, colleagues, it's our role to speak on their behalf. We all know that government departments only do that which is funded and that which is measured. The key performance areas detailed in their departmental programs are what gives them direction. With no positive change in the programs, we can expect more of the same. And with the present round of budget cuts, we can only expect less of exactly the same. Thank you, Deputy Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Ryder. We will now uh, call on Honorable Nyambi to conclude before the Minister. And thank you very much to all the members that participated. Thank you. Thank you, Deputy Chairperson. Chairperson of the NCOP, Minister Mantashe. Uh, honorable members, ladies and gentlemen. Honorable Ryder and uh, Honorable Smith, it's very important to listen. Last week, we had the minister coming, dealing with questions in the NCOP, and he even came to the committee to clarify, including the issue of Zamasama. Probably the longest serving uh, leader of our glorious movement, O.R. Tambo, was thinking of what he'd be saying today when he said, open code. There is little hope for us until we become tough-minded enough to break loose from the shackles of prejudice, half-truth, and downright ignorance. Close quote. The Department of Mineral Resources Energy has made steady progress under difficult conditions of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is certainly encouraging, but much more still needs to be done to restore the mining and energy sector to optimally contribute to job creation and inclusive economic growth and development as outlined by Honorable Minister Mandashe. That is why as ANC, we support this budget vote. The pandemic has disrupted economic activity, not only in South Africa, but also with our global trading partners. This has had a negative effect on employment and many communities face hardship due to the effects of the pandemic, as outlined by the minister. 
The NC government has made two major interventions to mitigate the effects of the pandemic, namely the special budget with granted workers, UIF benefits and special grants. However, the NC government has a part of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan also announced the presidential employment stimulus package, which was set out to create a support 800,000 job opportunities. The Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has a key role to play to ensure the preservation of jobs and the creation of opportunities in the mining and energy sector. This must form part of the plans and programs of the department, either directly or indirectly. Energy costs are spiraling upwards, and this does place a financial burden on communities and low-income households. In the recent past, electricity prices has tripled, and the price of petrol and diesel is at all-time high, which is hard on working class and poor families, as this directly impacts on the cost of public transport. All regulated prices need to be carefully monitored by the department and regulated margins need to be economically justifiable when increased. This also required to be internationally benchmarked in order not to create a structural inflation in the economy. Structural inflation makes any economy unattractive as investment destination. It is encouraging that the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy is reviewing the electricity tariffs, and this review should also seek to alert the department as to which municipalities are having higher than ISCOM tariffs or double dipping and what is rational for the high electricity tariffs. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, I will directly speak to this later. The department must continue to regularly review its pricing mechanism for liquid fuels, especially those which are household fuels such as LPG and paraffin. It is common cause among energy specialists that the country's high electricity demand going forward cannot be met through merely increasing generation capacity through IPP or renewable energy. Only a steady percent of the country's demand can be met from this source. The IRP 2019 correctly identifies other energy carriers such as clean coal gas, hydro and nuclear power, which have greater economies of scale and can produce electricity far cheaper. It is encouraging, Deputy Chair, that the department has released a section 34 for the RFP for nuclear, including the new build. The new build will contribute to economic development in different provinces where it is intended to be located. The refurbishment of Quebec, which is underway, is also critical as this will extend the life of the power station and does not reduce the country's strain generation capacity. On the contrary, maintains important generation capacity in a safe manner. However, restoring ESCOM's cooperative governance, operational and financial viability is critical for security of electricity. Of course, we are aware of challenges of ESCOM, uh, Deputy Chairperson and Honorable Minister. Currently, there's a view among opposition parties that government should merely dispose of these assets due to challenges. This indicates, unlike the ANC, that the opposition has not strength to deal with challenges. So there are two pictures that can be painted on SOE like ISCOM. 
The first is one of constant emphasis by some only on state capture and corruption, as if it's the sole preoccupation of the state entities. It is a theme repeated on daily basis. The unfortunate part on LGBT chair, its racist undertone are obvious, based on a notion that things were better in the past. Yet things were better, but only for a minority and not for the majority. This perspective is driven politically by detractors of the ANC as a tool manufactured for propaganda. It is a perspective based on no positive vision or plan for the development of our beloved country, South Africa. It is a dead end or a cul-de-sac. The other is a reality that the country has many state entities which are playing a positive role and contributing to job sustainability and job creation, ensuring sustainable livelihoods. Moreover, these entities make an important economic contribution to the country and in turn to the provinces and local communities in which they function. They function in a strategic economic sectors which require to be developed to enhance inclusive economic growth and development. ISCOM in its own right makes an important contribution to the economy and it's in its integrated entity, which has economies of scale and function throughout the value chain, namely the generation, transmission, and distribution, as correctly outlined by Minister Mandashe today. ISCOM's contribution is measured from the fact it has some more than 47,000 employees and indirectly creates some 188,000 more jobs in the service sector of the electricity sector. This is from a national level to a municipal level. ISCOM has experience in functioning power plants, utilizing different carriers such as coal, nuclear, and hydropower. Therefore, problems need to be resolved in this entity to ensure the stable electricity supply at the cheapest possible price to ensure economic growth and development. Therefore, Deputy Chairperson, ISCOM is successfully restructuring into three divisions as outlined today by the minister. This will enable the supply of IPP-generated electricity to the transmission grid. At the same time, the legal separation requires legislation and solution to its debt liability. A solution must also be found to the issue of municipal debt. In order not to increase this debt and facilitate a culture of payment for services, new electrification of household should occur with prepaid meters, ISCOM needs to maintain its generation capacity and in time increase this to make the market demand. The NC does not subscribe to the view of opposition of market fundamentalism as if this will automatically cure 300 years of colonialism and apartheid in 26 years of democracy. This is exacerbated by the fact that black people were excluded from that very same market. That is what we seek to reverse. Nor does the NC subscribe to the view of statist command economy where the state should own all productive assets. The NC subscribe to the view that state-owned entities and the private sector contribute positively to the economy. The NC seek to public-private partnership to ensure the implementation of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. What the ANC will not do when budgeting is to charge people, as is the case in Cape Town, higher water tariffs, 
even after the recovery of water levels. And on top of that charge, people a water connection fee every month whose cost is already in the water tariff. What the ANC will not do is to charge high electricity tariffs, making super profit as if, as is the case, as we know, in our uh, town in Cape Town. And on top of that, charge people every month an electricity home user charge, which is already part of the cost of electricity before profit. This is an attack on the living standard of middle class, workers, poor, and marginalized communities, as this reduces their disposable income. So we do have different notions on budgeting and policy, honorable minister. That is a fact with opposition. It is important that the department implement its programs and plans in the most efficient manner. We await your next round of of successful implementation, which is occurring under difficult circumstances. If we're able to defeat apartheid as a people, we must now find the strength to defeat COVID-19 to ensure our renewal. As I indicated, when we read the preamble of the Constitution, Honorable Smith and Honorable Ryder. It says, we, the people of South Africa, recognizes the injustice of the past. Let that be your food of thought. What is the implication? What is your understanding? Because when you're sworn in as a member of this Honorable Parliament, you are given a constitution that explains exactly in the preamble that we have to deal with the historical injustice of the past. It can be that when we come here, we decide to be economic with the truth. The minister was with us in the committee. We asked these questions. We asked the question of Zamazama. The minister clarified. Minister, we're not supporting it because we are a minister of ANC. We're supporting it because it has the potential of assisting South Africa. But as a person who's representing Pumalang, of course, we have touched the issue, but I'll be failing if I don't raise it again, Honorable Minister. We are supporting this budget vote because it's assisting us to move the country forward. But at the same time, as people of Mpumalanga and South Africa, we know the plight of people of Babaton, those families that are struggling, people that are still stuck in that container, in that mind. We don't want to be like opposition to use it as a political tool just for campaign, but we want you to emphasize what you explained at the committee level so that we can see that the plight of those people is with us. As African National Congress, we support this budget vote. In conclusion, as I remember the story of my neighbor, Gasambo, I always say this. That is why they'll be shouting because there's something that is happening as African National Congress. We are proud of this appointment. We are doing a right job. Kuba, as ANC, we support this budget vote. Thank you, Deputy Chairperson. I love you, Baba. Love you more. Thank you very much, honorable members of the NCOP. Thank you. And thank you very much to everyone that participated in the debate.
We will now give over to the Honorable Minister, Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Minister Matashe, to conclude with his response to this debate, with his reply to this debate. Over to you, Honorable Matashe. Uh, Honorable Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Lucas, I want to start from where Mr. Ryder, the Honorable Member of the TA, ended the debate from. You know, when I was a mine worker, uh, our bosses uh, were human beings and were numbers. They didn't didn't, uh, look at our names, they didn't bother to know what your name is. They call you long one if you are tall and short if you are short. Mr. Ryder comes here and he says, I came to the mines in 1975 and I'm bringing to the department the leaguers of coal mining. I want to help him so that he must not continue telling that distorted story. I have six months in gold mining. I have seven years, four months in copper mining. I have six years in uh, coal mining and 18 years in organizing mine workers. That is the composite of the work in the mining industry. I don't want to express it on that, but I don't want to be called shorty and longer. People must describe me for who am I and use my name. Now, the second thing, uh, because uh, uh, let me finish this one. Uh, Mr. Ryder says, we are not moving fast enough to the renewable energy. What he has not read in the IRP is that of the 11,813 megawatts, 6,800 megawatts are assigned to renewables. To them, that is more than half. To them, that is nothing because in their mind, we should basically close everything else and just move to renewables. What they don't tell us is the, is the risk that is involved. To understand it, you must read the case of Texas, where they moved to the extreme. And one day, cyclone came. They were in darkness for a considerable time. Uh, and I think if they studied that case study, they will know that we should be cautious in, in actually traveling the transition. Number two, he says, There is a lot of noise around the emergency procurement. Now, yes, there's a lot of noise about people who are behaving as lobbyists. I'm repeating this because people who lobby don't wait for facts. They don't analyze the situation and comment to that issue. Uh, There is no noise around the emergency procurement. It was uh, advertised. It was assessed by uh, independent assessors and results have been announced. Anybody who raise issues, they will be attended to in due course. Now, uh, the, I won't go back to Zamazamas. I answered that in the, in, the, in the house. Let me leave that one. Let me come to uh, issues raised by uh, Honorable Smith. He says electricity vehicles and the impact we have not have enough energy. What it doesn't talk to is the question of the potential we're having in terms of the minerals of the future, which will uh, contribute to the 
movement from where we are to low carbon emissions. He says the Western Cape is moving ahead with its own generation. What he ignores is that the city of Johannesburg announced that they want to have 35% of their energy from renewables. To them, that is not a fact because it is not Stellenbosch and it is not in the Western Cape. Now, the, the, he wants zero risk in Quebec. That is abnormal. Uh, risk is inherent to life. Quebec is not accident prone. It is not having disasters, but because now we must move away from that. Internationally, nuclear is accepted as part of clean energy generation. And it, it, in South Africa, we think it is too much of an issue. But what is important is that we should appreciate that we must have a mixture of technologies so that we can have a balanced transmission, transition that we're, we're traversing. Uh, we have all, about 200 uh, self-generating households registered, uh, generating about 94 megawatts of energy. And he says, uh, there's nothing happening there. 200 are there, and we're, we're having another six that have been given licenses. Now he says, why are the IPPs not open? It depends on which fraction we are. He said, I want to give the advice that was given in the social media. I want to give it to, 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 to Mr. Smith. If you are selling eggs, don't start a fight in the market. Because you talk of ANC uh, fractions. We are not venturing into your uh, correction of your experiment by removing black leaders. We are not venturing into that. We're leaving it to you. But because you are not aware that you are, you are selling uh, eggs, you venture into a fight where you're selling eggs. Your product is going to be broken because you, 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 you pretend as if you are moving in a clean space now. Now, so we do leave the, the experiments, deal with them, fire my Tigizela, fire my money, fire my Zebuko, fire all of them and pretend as if it is hungry dory in the day. Now, let me come to, 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 to the question of the day, putting people first. When we came into office in 1994, only 39% of South Africans had access to electricity. Today, we have 87% we have access to electricity. We're still working on the 13% to get universal access to electricity. Now, what is putting people first, 39% or 87%? I don't understand uh, because I'm not a mathematician. Maybe my arithmetic is failing me. To me, to move from 39 to 87 is progress. 166,000 plus connected in the, in the last financial year and 180,000 to be connected in the new financial year is actually eating into the 13%. That is outstanding. Now, Memo uh, Dissen, I must uh, appreciate your comments. But what I'm saying is that mining is doing relatively well, recovering from COVID-19. The, uh, the first and second quarters of 2020 were a disaster. Third quarter, fourth quarter, first quarter of 2021, mining is doing well. 
And that performance is not only assessed in terms of sales, because if it's only assessed in terms of sales, it will talk to prices and demand of minerals. We are also looking at the improvement in productivity of the sector. So mining is doing relatively well. Um, let me go to the Democrat. People shall say the country as well. I don't know if we remember, sometimes we forget these things. The promulgation of the MPRDA reverted the ownership of minerals below the surface of the soil to the state on behalf of the people as a whole. That is the reality in South Africa. That's why we talk of licensing and we talk of uh, people waiting for exploration permits, this, that, and that is because the owners of minerals below the surface of the soil is the state on behalf of the people as a whole. So we've gone a long way trying to meet the demands of the freedom charter. We are now managing in terms of actual mining uh, uh, the wealth out of that. Now, the, now I, I don't want to, 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 to engage with Honorable Arnold because he says, we reject the budgets, but the basis he uses to reject the budget are their own projections in research. In future, this is going to happen. In future, this is what's going to happen. Therefore, we reject the budget. So I can't engage with the future that has not been explained. Let me go to Dade uh, Ditoy, who says, uh, President delayed the connection of renewables energy to the grid. He doesn't want to remember that bit window one, two, and three are connected to the bit. 1,200 megawatts from bit window four are in the grid. 1,000 will be in the grid by December. He forgets that. He forgets that bit window five is going to kick in. It will take its own time to get into the grid, but people must please remember the actual de 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 developments in the in the in the market. I never into into only thing I can remind that about is that municipalities are not getting two million. Municipalities are getting two billion. Uh, it's not two million, it's two billion. Remember that Ndadebaloi. And I think thank you very much. My time is up. I appreciate that we've been here for the budget uh, debate. Thank you very much for the views, your advices. We take them serious. Uh, after this budget speech, we'll meet in the department with the team and unbundle uh, all the components of the comments you've made. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable uh, Lucas. Thank you, Mirabak. Honorable members, that concludes the business of the day. Let me thank the minister and as well as the special delegates for availing themselves for the debate today. With that said, the house is adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama. No Mama. Love you, Mama. Love you more. Thank you, Mama. Bye-bye, Mama. Thank you, Malika. Jabaleng, are you there? 
I love you more than my parents. Thank you, Mawidi. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chairperson. The drum calls the people of Parliament through whom we govern together. Are we done? Is it there? I advocate, yes, we're done. Are we done? Yes. Okay, uh, streaming. Done. Yes.